We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spider-Man. You get all the attention now. Ooh, I like that. Spider-Man. That might be called new nickname. Swider basket in a foul. Eddie Casey. Swider. Answer back. Swider from deep. Laces the three. Swider. And one. Count the bucket. Welcome back to episode 49. 49, Adam, of the Swider Show. That was my impersonation of of Cole, he opens up the show every time, or every week like that, but um, yeah, a little bit of a different delivery for you guys this week, Cole is very busy with media day and with uh, training camp, so he couldn't make time for us, unfortunately, but no, I mean, big week for the show, big week for Cole, obviously, we'll, we'll dive into everything, but it won't just be me solo on the show, I, th- I think all of you will be very pleased to hear that we have a budding superstar. I don't even know if he's budding anymore. He's been on the map for a while. His first uh, appearance as co-host with me. I know he's done in the past with Cole, but um, Adam Lewis stepping in, second mic, usually on the third. Big time. We'll, we'll break down a lot of things, but I don't know. How, how's it going? It's a huge upgrade. I had some nerves this morning, but I think I'm settled in now. Um, this is, like, interesting because Cole hasn't missed an episode in, it feels like forever. Like he, we've been we've been great about doing it every week. We did fifty or whatever forty five shows in fifty two weeks. But like Cole's missed like three. But a Swider show tradition is when Cole's not on, we try to get a, a reporter on and do, and do some hard hitting questions and actually kind of dig into things that it's easier to ask without Cole Swider staring them down. So it'll be interesting to um, see what happens on this week's episode. I'm excited for sure. That's what um, we're recording this Monday afternoon. It is media day, which we'll dive into. Um, that's why I have some content coming from that as well. But but uh, Wes Goldberg, Miami Heat, Locked On Heat podcast. He uh, is a great follow on Twitter, actually, for all Heat fans that are tuning in, um, which I think there may be a jump this week, Adam, with Media Day. I think a lot of Heat fans will will Swider be like a little bit more on the map. So if you guys are tuning in you don't follow him, follow him. Like I said, he's potentially the interview this week. Um, the reason we're doing this Monday afternoon to give backstory into my life is – I am leaving for Denmark tomorrow for Copenhagen. So, wow. yeah, big time trip. Visiting my brother Quinn abroad, but that's why we're, we, there's a lot of like moving parts, a lot up in the air. But we made enough time for you guys. Adam will probably be on the mic for Wes, so that'll be his first interview. I don't know if I'll listen to that, Adam, because you're probably definitely going to be better than me. I'm going to get pissed off. So, um, but no, he, he's potentially on this interview on this uh, episode. We'll see. But hopefully he is. Um, but thoughts there? Thoughts with uh, with your first interview coming up? Do you want any, any pointers, any advice? Yeah, I'm waiting on you to send me the Google Doc with all the questions. Of I'm course, yeah. So I'll wait on you. <laughs> it's funny, I have a spreadsheet um, that tracks, like, the how many downloads we get a week, and I, I update mm-hmm. it, like, after a week just to see, like, what's working and what's not, kind of. And we always have these weird upticks, like, with Tyler Kolick, like, when there's a big fan base. But I think... It's also times of year, and I think this time of year is sure. a huge, like, increase in just, like, attention. Like, it, the summer's a tough month, so we knew that. That's why we didn't book guests. We're like, it's not going to do well anyway. We'll just keep right. consistency. But, like, now, like, it's going to be good. I'm excited, and it gets exciting. Like you said, like, it's media day today. Training camp this week, like, 
we'll have texts in the group chat with just like small nuggets of information, which to like right. a normal NBA player is really like normal. Well, behind but the scenes, for us, yeah. we're like, oh, I, I can't tweet it yeah. out because I'll get sued. But that's crazy. Like it's just uh, right. be fun. Definitely. Be yeah. Now this is prime time. We've been saying you guys are probably sick of us, sick of hearing us say that like guests are on the horizon. But this is this is the time of the year where. First of all, there's more to talk about just because it's way better with sports as a whole. But, um, yeah, especially as far as the show goes, there will be more content to be had. But the first step of that is NBA BD Day. Kind of wanted to recap some of the things we saw first around Swider and then basically across the league. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention is Jimmy Butler's hair. I know that's making waves. The email look. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if he's gone with that on the court, but... That just seems to be his bit now. Like last year or two years ago, maybe he did uh, like giant dreadlocks and then had them for like a week or two and then got rid of them. But I think his whole thing is like media day, you take your team picture for the year and he just wants to look back and look as goofy as possible. But um, Swider's newest teammates now, I mean, we used to talk about LeBron and AD, now it's kind of crazy as J-Butt. But I don't know if I'm loving that look from from Swider's best player <laughs> coming out of the gate. If you think about the humor behind it, it's really it's two things. It's you know what picture can be on ESPN and FanDuel and in all the sports betting apps. Two K, of course. Yeah. Two K, of course, to make it look stupid and to remind people, oh, this guy's goofy. And two, it's to get people talking in general, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. posted that on SportsCenter, ESPN. Uh, it was on First Take this morning. Like I, I was turning it on. Like it's like. Yeah. It should get. He is attention, good. You gotta. Yeah, he is good at staying like, in the news. You gotta give him that. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just, it's I think just funny. Media day, to take. like it's 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 a promotion day, right? But mm-hmm. like you're not promoting. Like I think we talked about this before. Jimmy Butler is like a winning personality, and I'm so glad Cole's not here, so he can't refute this. But like, <laughs> that's not my favorite. I'm not confident in his jump shot after that today. Like it, it doesn't make me more excited for the season. I think it's kind of corny. If I'm being honest, as yeah. a new, newly indoctrined Heat fan, but right. you know, whatever. Yeah, well, that's just that's just stuff you gotta like get used to. Maybe like the guys that are listening, maybe Wes loves that stuff. I can't imagine he does, but like I don't know, that's just kind of his jam, I guess. Um, but as far as Swider things, I know we were talking about it before the show started, but him and Duncan Robinson seem to be striking up a relationship they didn't know each other for backstory just with both being from new england um duncan former podcaster i think right i don't know if he still does it but yeah the long shot pod that was a very good show with davis reed too as a fellow uh nescat guy like my older brother bobby but duncan played um yeah like growing up they played together and through that i think a lot of the influence that cole's talked about of why he's gone to the heat is because of Duncan, not just play style, but like the personality and everything. So it's kind of cool seeing him like actually take him under his wing there shooting this morning before me today. If you do a Swider search on Twitter, you'll see that pretty quickly. But um, yeah, that's basically that we're, we're waiting for more nuggets now, like Adam said in the group chat. And basically just on Twitter of, of Swider things, because this is, this is the most uh, media attention our boy might get for a little while, <laughs> if we're being honest. But it's just, uh, I don't know, exciting stuff. I, I want to see if there's any like weird questions that are asked. I think that's always the most fun part about media day. I, to me, it's always the Instagram post. There's always a flurry of them. I don't think NBA mm-hmm. players have the best social media management. So like you have 250 NBA players all posting their new jerseys with the white background. You know, and they're like game yeah, time, or you're seven, and it's like, all right, well, we've seen this from 15 other people today, but <laughs> you know, I think that's what we're gonna see tonight. Well, that's kind of the move. That's like how you get out there. Like, what? That was some good uh, NFL chat. <laughs> oh, are you not posting that pick? I feel like you're definitely firing that pick off. Well, you know me. I'll have the calendar set for the next two months on different posts throughout the throughout the week. Well, of course, yeah, but like, best. how how do if we, we're being how do we honest, make it though, different? I, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. That, like, yeah, the pictures come out, and Cole, especially new players on their teams, are going to want to show themselves in those jerseys. But at the end of the day, to me, like, for someone like Cole, like, everyone's going to go like LeBron's picture. Everyone's going to go like Jimmy Butler's picture with the hair. So if I was managing Cole's social media, which could be an idea, like, yeah, yeah, maybe next week. I don't know. Oh, make the pitch. Make the pitch. Oh, Oh, you Oh, you you wait a week for it. That's the pitch? His, his, yeah, I would wait till there's nothing going on, and then right. 
if there's any mention of Cole on something, then post that. Like if he's getting an influx of 500 new Instagram followers, then you post that. It becomes 1,000, 2,000. But that might be today, though, because it's media day. Are you saying or you could, wait till you could, like ball in, out like in like yeah. a preseason well, last game year, or some shit? Preseason game number one, didn't he have like the yeah, number 10 of off the bench? He took yeah. the, the post-game interview. Like that's that's what I'm waiting for if I'm on that move. But, you know, or you could post today. It just depends. Yeah, or you could do both. I don't hate that. No, but the, the one the one thing I will agree with you on is uh, the oversaturation of of captions. I feel like captions oh. could be way better. There's a lot of like new threads, or like you said, year seven emoji. It's like, all right, maybe maybe a little something different. Although I'm not a guy that would like throw up a real clever caption, but um, I don't know. I feel like every single caption's the same, or it's like caption, something about every everyone. Sure. Yeah, the signs are real loud, but it's something like about like proving the haters wrong and it's like i don't know i don't know if everyone in the league has haters you know what i mean i i mean especially yeah if you're talking instagram like the picture is what people are looking at and then they'll go to the caption second and then the comments right so you could do something funny you could do something you could do a couple hashtags a couple emojis but you can't do both and i think everyone does you know never take a break hashtag domination and then like a basketball trophy emoji it's like everyone does that you know but that's what everyone's going to post today and and that's why um th- that's why you need to reach out to swidershow at gmail.com for uh some some social media help no, yeah kidding. of but course in all seriousness, I'm, I'm there is the um, yeah it's and, just and like i don't know if no on like the rockets like not to throw a ricochet at him, great player, but I don't know if he has haters, and like he might be just be posting about like haters on on Instagram. But um, I think we're burying the lead, Adam. Media day that kind of is like unfolding as we speak, so we'll have more content to talk about that next week. The big story in the NBA in the sports world, I would even argue, um, besides Taylor Swift, is Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. I know. Uh, speaking of the Heat themes, like. Kind of bummed out the Heat missed out on him, but as a diehard Damian Lillard fan, I almost passed out at my desk at work when I read this information. And uh, credit to you, actually, for breaking it, because you, you sent me the Woj tweet, I think, when it was like eight seconds fresh. I think I said we were talking about something else completely. I don't even remember what it was. Like, yeah, it was like breaking down like their replay of the show or something. Yeah. And then I think I said, holy fuck. And you're like, what, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I was like, come on, Patty, like, get, get, like, catch up. But, like, the thing about that is when, you know, you have Shams and you have Woj going back against each other. Like, who's going to get it out first? And then there's the second tweet that has the actual information in it. You kind of have to wait for the second yeah, the like, exchange. Yep. Well, uh, so the, the move that I love, the move that I love is uh, Chris Haynes, who's Dame's boy, who's been, like, leaking all this information for years about Dame. They actually seem to be legitimate friends. But, like, 35 minutes later, he was like, Dame and Lillard has been traded to the Bucks. Like thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yep. Like that's no point. That, that's good reporting out of you. But yeah. uh, I don't know. You're a big Celtics fan, as we've covered on this podcast. Um, it's kind of I don't know. Like we're gonna have with Swider. If, you know, hopefully it all works out. He ends up with Miami. So like we might just have representation of the three titans of the of the Eastern Conference now. But what was your initial reaction to the damn trade? Because I have a lot that I want to spew about and. Uh, we're aiming for like 25, 30 minutes here at the end or the beginning of the show, but Cole's not here, so we could talk for like an hour and a half. This is our I'm time to shine. <laughs> so my, my initial thought, right, is as a Celtics fan, but in terms of the East in general, you have the Celtics, who are going to be great with Porzingis, right? They're going to be up there. You have mm-hmm. the Bucks with Giannis, always going to be good. This is before the trade. And then you have the Heat. The 76ers, really, they're a name, but they haven't really pushed too much. So I don't want Dame to go to the Heat or the Bucks, but I'm not thinking about the Bucks. I'm thinking about the Heat. So then when he I don't goes think to the Bucks, was. I was yeah. like, "Oh my God, that's great!" Nope, that's bad. Never mind. It's, he's yeah. going to the Bucks. So like, there was a twinge of happiness, and I was like, "Oh wait, that's that's probably worse for as a Celtics fan." Mm-hmm. And now uh, you know we, we can get into Drew in a second, but there's basically two teams in the East, and then the Heat will make their six seed, seven seed run like they always do, and I think that's about it. Yeah, the Heat, as far as, like, the regular season goes, I think the Bucks and the Celtics kind of are head and shoulders above everyone as far as just, like, a win total. The Heat, you got it. It's just, like, you can't really count them out, no matter if they – I think there might no. be another move coming um, for them. 
I didn't really understand. I thought initially, I was like, oh, maybe Drew will go there. But it seemed like Portland not wanting the deal for Dame. And then if it would basically be the same thing for Drew, but with less picks. So, like, once you kind of brought that down, I was like, I don't know if that's necessarily... Um, I mean, you could see the Drew thing coming for forever, but I do want to touch on my boy Dame. I think this, I think people are underrating how good he is. I know that sounds like it's cliche, and like I think he has maybe the highest approval rating in the league. So it's not like he has haters, like I was just saying, like manufacturing haters. But he did get some way more heat in the last couple weeks, no pun intended, than uh, or the last couple months for the trade request. I think they immediately, Damon Giannis. You could probably disagree with this and dispute it. I think they're immediately the best duo in the league. Um, I know I would put Murray and Jokic up there. They're obviously more proven, but I just don't think the damn Giannis, like how they'll complement each other, is not something that like anyone is going to be able to stop. I don't care who's play shooting guard for them. It'll probably be Connaughton that starts. Um, and like the most obvious thing is like, oh, they lose defense with Drew, but when they have two of the three or two top five like Depoy guys and Giannis and Lopez last year, I think they'll just be able to figure it out. So as far as like predictions, I think it'll come down to them and the Celtics, and then I don't know. Through there, it's like a matchup that neither team like. There's a lot of weaknesses on both sides of the ball, but I guess that leads us to the Celtics Drew trade, which a lot of people saw coming. I felt like that was a, a, a tad predictable, but um, I don't. I thought the reaction to that was a little bit more like in the Celtics' favor than I initially read it as. I don't know if you'd feel that way as a or as a Celtics fan. Sure. So really quick about Dame on the Bucks. It's interesting to me that people are saying like, oh, like for instance, I saw a tweet that they're the that they're the lead the leader before the Drew trade. They're the leader in like an odds to win betting odds. Yeah, yeah. And to me, there's already going to be so much attention on Damian Lillard's new home that to have that on their plate as well. Plus, if we're being honest, a couple years of the Bucks not performing up to standards. No matter what they do, unless they go to the finals slash win the championship, it's going to not be seen too uh, too positively, I don't think, for the Bucks. Yeah. Obviously, if they go and win something, it is. But then right. again, you also have Giannis moving into a f- possible free agency or extension next summer. My hope as a Celtics fan is that's an insane turn of events that just blows up in like mid-April when they're like a two-seed and then you know they have a year like this year where they get unlucky. Who knows? But yeah. I'm starting to already see the tumbleweed get rolling and, and pick up some steam. Um, and, oh, you're going and hater side. You're going this goes south. This just like completely blows I, up. I'm saying it has the the option to go south the same way that. Yeah, I think um, obviously it's it's a yeah. it's a possibility, but you could probably say you could say that about the Celtics now too. Like if they don't win at all, then it's a giant failure. I'm already on, guess, the, on the rolling ball. I've, I've, I haven't been happy since la- since the finals <laughs> versus the Warriors. Um, yeah. I, my brother and I, like, it's funny. We text a lot about the Celtics, but the phrase that comes up the most is, this has to be the year. And I have said that since 2022, 2023, 20, this will be the third year I'm saying it. And they still haven't really sniffed it. Like, they, they're in the finals. They won two games. You know, they're not. Yeah. And that's such a first-class problem to have, first-world problem to have, I mean, but. Yeah, I, I don't care. I was a Patriots fan for ten years. Like I, I know the world of winning, yeah, and then immediately just, not losing. Just real when spoiled. You be. Just real spoiled as a sports fan. That's yeah, all. For sure. That's for all sure. it is. But and then uh, sorry, really quick, Drew Holiday. Um, being in LA, I'm on Pacific time, so I woke up yesterday to that news. Even though it probably got dropped. Oh, was it that early? The rest of you. It was. Well, I woke up at like nine, so I guess that's not really. It was a Sunday, though. I can't be expected to be up too early. But yeah, no, I was getting like, up like uh, around the same hour as you were on East Coast time. It's uh, it was like eleven it was a thirty, of, maybe. It was a thing of, but, you know, Dame. I mean, uh, Dame Drew is gonna go to the Celtics. Brad Stevens is gonna go get him. And I did think that, like, I'll I'll give myself credit for thinking that the Heat weren't gonna get him just because it seemed like the Blazers cut them off. But mm-hmm. Brad Stevens, you know, he goes and gets the guys. I don't know if they're the right guys. You know, he's, what is he, 33, 34 now? Like, he's 33, yeah. Fantastic defender, but, like, so was Marcus Smart. So is it the right guys? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But you, you have to give Brad Stevens for going out and making moves, whether or not they're the right ones or the wrong ones this summer, which I don't mm-hmm. know if you can say right now in Miami is the case. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, what lineups they go with. Like, I don't know if 
him and Derek White can necessarily play together. Um, so it just like adds this element to their team that they de- definitely didn't have. But the other thing is like the biggest weakness for the Celtics against the Bucks before this trade is like I guess you lost in the well I guess Derek White's a good defender, but like when you get rid of Smart, it's like if you match up with Milwaukee, who's checking Dan? Probably throw Derek White on him, but like I don't know if you want him doing that for forty minutes in a night. No. Now it's like vice versa. The Bucks, I don't know, like what guard they would have, or even wing to guard like Jalen Brown, Seth Tatum. So now it's like I don't know. They kind of like loaded up on guards now, mm-hmm. at the sacrifice of losing a big in Robert Williams. So now it's like I don't know who they have to guard Giannis. I guess you want to say Al Horford. I don't know if I love that strategy. No. And then well, the other the other way, it's like he's getting, he's getting the old. Bucks. The Bucks like perimeter defense is going to be a big question mark. So it's like contrasting styles. And as a Lillard fan, like the biggest nightmares I've ever had, and why I love Drew Holiday forever is he just like completely locked up them in 2018, like I've never seen before, and they swept him. So hopefully that doesn't happen again if they match up in the playoffs. But um, I don't know as far as like. Just matchup wise, it makes the East like loaded and very entertain or interesting to see like how it all unfolds. I agree, and I think that you can, barring injuries, you can almost guarantee those two teams get to the second round. You know, if they line oh, up for sure. in the second round or the conference final, they're gonna meet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if Jalen Brown gets hurt, if Giannis gets hurt, if, yeah, if it's kind of, of these given, guys, like if what, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. but. I don't know if, other than, like, those years when the Cavs and the Warriors went to the finals, I don't know if there's ever been more of a, I don't want to say guaranteed, but guaranteed that you're going to have a couple guys in the final four, the final six, the final yeah. eight, you know, other, yeah, than, no, other I than this year, for sure. The other so thing, we'll though, like, on vice versa, like, the Cavs-Warriors years got almost pretty boring because they're just like, all right, you know exactly what's going to happen every single year. Yeah, I'm sure, sure a lot of fans agree with that. That was not a hot take, but... There's also a lot of parity still, like especially the West. I think there's 12 teams that are like actually legitimately really good. Like OKC might be the one seed. They could be the eight seed. It's like yep. there's a lot of volatility to it. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know if you had any else, anything else from Media Day from NBA Talker. If you want to get into your, your guy, uh, just one, uh, yeah, sure, Kelsey. really quick. I, th- I I I made a note to say this this week, just because okay, okay. things are going to be happening in the next fourteen days. Um, as friends of Cole, and uh, I'm sure many of the listeners of the show either know him personally or like are rooting for him specifically. That's why you'd be watching this show. It's going to be honestly a tough time. Like it's going to be roster building is such a like last minute thing that you can you can't you don't know when the tweet's gonna come out. Yeah, it's Cole it's, might get might find out a couple of days before yeah. he's making this, missing that, going down, going up. So you have to just remember that there's right. you know, there's fifteen spots and there's I think there's twelve rostered right now. Like you said, there's yeah. gonna be another move. There's a couple or a few three ways now. It's just gonna be a marathon, you know? And if things don't work out in the next fourteen days, you know, it might it might be two months. Or it could be this week. Who knows? So it's 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 nerve wracking, but that's the game. That's the that's the the trade off that they do to be able to play basketball at such a high level and and be that talented. You know, you're ready for anything. And I know Cole is. I'm just saying for for us 
who are suffering like two percent of what they are like it's going to be interesting to see uh, what yeah. comes out this week for no sure. i mean that's like the exciting part about this time of the year but it's also the nerve-wracking one like you're saying um this is not coming from a place of like any conversations we've had with cole it's just it's kind of just up to how he's evaluated so um yeah that's a good point because i've been asked that a lot like what is the exhibit 10 what does it mean like moving forward mm-hmm. um it's basically like from the conversations he had it's, he's had it seems like they really like him to this point it's just a matter of him continuing to play well which obviously it goes without saying we have the confidence that'll do that but um it is like the reality of the situation is like another team could potentially come in and like scoop him up which absolutely it's a better situation we're obviously all for that we can change colors pretty quickly but um <laughs> yeah it's also like yeah, it's just wild to have a friend who goes through it and, like, we're kind of riding his coattail the whole time. But um, For sure. Yeah, I, I have full confidence that he'll be with the Heat throughout. But, um, yeah, that is a good point. It, it kind of could change. And, like, it's it gives you more sympathy to the other end of things because on media day, all you see is, like, I just saw, was scrolling Instagram and I saw a picture of, like, the Suns' big three. And, like, I don't know, the Knicks with the Nova guys and then, like, uh, DeAndre and Damian Lillard on the Bucks, like all these new look teams, and those are the established guys. But on the other end of it, um, I don't know. It's it's even more entertaining or more oh, interesting yeah. to follow the guys that are like kind of scrapping to to make their na- a name for themselves. But then there's also guys who've done that, and it's a fucking sweet story when like Cole is shooting around with Duncan Robinson, and he was in that position one time. So he's like talking to Cole. He's like, I've done this before, and it can happen. So. Yeah, just keep chipping away, doing what you're doing. But um, yeah, that is a good thing to address. Cause yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned like conversations we've had with Cole. Because one, we're not going to hear everything, and two, when we get into it, like I specifically remember we were out in Vegas and we just sat down and talked in that hotel for like 45 minutes, and we heard everything that was going on. And like those conversations are great to have, but at the same time, like it's the same as you with you and me. You don't know if someone likes you or you fit into their plan somewhere if and until yeah. it happens until that decision is made right. so like as much as cole's like as much as as hard as he works and as much as he thinks he knows it's it's going to be um exciting for him to finally get that chance once he does because like for sure the injury last year and everything like he, he works so hard and just to have like a you know slight disappointment you know all the way up it's just uh, it's gonna be fun, and we're ready for it for a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is like he actually genuinely behind closed doors fucking loves Miami, like in a way oh, that a hundred is like very genuine. You can tell in, in talking to him that he loves like everything about the organization. So he's like, I mean, it's another obvious. I keep just saying obvious takes yeah. right now, Adam. But there's really no other th- way to put it. Like he is hoping and and very confident that he'll stay there. And I think if he were to have it his way, he would stay there and it all works out. And then he works his way up. So I, I think um, that's important yeah. too. Like in a spot where you could go anywhere, you have to remember that he picked Miami from a lot of offers. Right, yeah. So if that doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, that's a business decision and a personal opinion decision, like mm-hmm. in terms of just flat out liking where you work and i think that is what's going to be so rewarding if it works out and if it doesn't that's the business so it's a mix of things for sure yeah that's like the barry jackson tweet he had over 12 offers yep which oh he was I, taking uh, calls have... when i was at, at the at the game uh in syracuse i was at with him. He oh was yeah taking calls. it was really funny yeah that's that's like the cool part about it too but um yeah obviously we'll be like providing updates throughout but um that is good because it's again something that we kind of talk about it's just like if he's on the zoom and we're talking about that it's just like awkward all right yeah that was a good good little nba recap there adam i think you uh had some great takes that was you 10 too. out of 10 first performance i actually thought you kind of worked me like a speed bag there so we'll move on to nfl which is my expertise um i've been called by my brothers mr takes on the nfl i do have some takes for this week but uh, I don't know where you want to start. I know you mentioned a big-time stat of the week, the return of our favorite segment. This is the news that's sweeping the football nation. So I think before we get to Wes, potentially, we got to yeah. uh, cover discuss. this topic. Because I don't know. Did we talk about it last week? No, it wasn't even a thing. I don't even think we mentioned it. Um, I want to start by saying that I have Taylor Swift's original albums on CD. 
So I was, I was a fan. I was, and I still am of her music. The PR disaster class that is taking over the NFL. See, is so. Are you ridiculous. one of the guys that, that gets annoyed and doesn't agree with it? Because I'm like on the total opposite. I kind of love it. I'm a communications. I'll have a degree in communications in eight months. I think it's a oh, genius okay. move. Okay, we're going degrees. We're going degrees. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Oh, you think, think it's, it's a genius, genius move. move? Okay. I hate it. I, I I can't stand as a football fan the the narratives are around this. It's it's very frustrating. And but I like, what is what is be. the narrative that you don't like? Like when okay, the, Isaiah sure. Pacheco scores a touchdown and then they and they show, cut it. Or show so. Him. When you're creating a studio show, which is what they do before the episode, this is some inside. Oh, hell yeah! Are you gonna go like entertainment behind the scenes? Yes, before this us? is, li- this I is love how it works in show business. Um, okay. When you're creating a studio show, you do have a rundown with exact times that you're gonna spend on something. And mm-hmm. I was paying attention to see if they do it. So they cut in, they do the intro, and then they cut in the the Collinsworth slide, all that stuff. They go down right. to the sideline reporter. They show some. The pre-tapes, they play some music, and then they cut to commercial before the kickoff, right? There's that Mm eight-minute segment. All of Mm -hmm. it was about Taylor Swift yesterday. All eight minutes. It's supposed to be a preview for the game, and what it's doing, it's called uh, paying the bills. So you sell, you're selling the game, and you're selling the advertisements. You're saying this is presented by, and then here's what's coming up tonight. Here are the storylines to follow. Not a single thing was about football (laughs) last night. Wait, like, was Collinsworth talking about Swift? Or is that not what you're saying? I'm saying that comes as part of it, but like they then let's go down to the sideline reporter and talk about this, and then they they showed the box and the entrance of all those celebrities and stuff. My thing though is like, she is the most famous person in the entire world. No. Yeah, sure. So like, I think I think it makes sense that she that she showed as much as she is. I think she's probably in a handful of people here. Actually, this is what I was pondering by myself. Which this might sound real dumb, but I'm curious to hear your take. And uh, listeners, you could also like kind of think on this. Do you think the difference before they started dating, the difference between like how famous I am or you are to Travis Kelsey, that gap is as big as the gap between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, or is that like totally insane? I think that's. Do you do you see what I'm saying? I, I think that's a great question, and I wish you like texted me earlier so I could like do some math. So you could think about it. Yeah, uh, I actually, I didn't, I tough. didn't think we were doing Swift talk. Listen, I, I mean, Travis Kelsey really is broken in. If we're being honest, like millions and millions and millions of people know who he is. Yes, Taylor yeah. Swift has a huge fan base, and everyone knows she is. But she's also been in the game since like 2012, and I don't think Travis Kelsey is ever going to get to that level. But like, I, I, I'd argue that Tom Brady is that is at the Taylor Swift level. You know what I mean? Oh, so, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. I think that's ridiculous. We can but like as far as as far, as far as like the woman uh, audience, I don't think like Tom Brady is a, is necessarily he's a household name, but he's not like Taylor Swift's household name. Global. I think you're I think you're getting into a cultural thing if you talk about an audience like who who knows football players and who knows. I think everyone knows who Tom Brady is. I think everyone knows who Tom Brady is. And I think everyone yeah, but like I get, yeah, but I think more everyone, general everyone, know who Taylor Swift is. No, I don't know who you mean by I don't. I the, don't know who doesn't know who. The Tom best Brady part is. about this, well, like, it's, I don't know. I always think. I guess that's a bad example. I'm just. I'm just thinking like if you were to poll a hundred people, I think more, way more people know who Taylor Swift is than Tom Brady. I, just I don't even think that's that. a. I don't even think that's a question. The best part no. about an argument like this is like every male around the world is having this yeah. argument on their couch, and you can't really like totally prove it. I mean, it's about if, if you if you if people are have if if Taylor Swift has a higher positivity rating than Tom Brady, that I can believe. But to be no, I think all hundred people or ninety five are going to know who that person is. I do. But are you saying in the U.S. or globally? Oh, I mean. I thought we were talking about like how it swept like the the NFL discourse here, so like yeah, I'm just US talking in terms media. of pure fame. All right, U.S. Yeah, you probably have an argument there with Brady, but I don't think Kelsey's on like the Brady level. Okay, but what about like Christian Ronaldo? Worldwide. Yeah, well, he yeah he'd be the most famous athlete in the world probably. Athlete or per- is he more famous than Taylor Swift? I don't know. 
That's actually See, a good question. I mean. Okay, so I actually think Taylor me, Swift is probably like either on his level or more famous. Yeah, and I, I, I disagree with that, but I don't. I'm not, I don't. I think you probably can look it up. Do you have a computer right there? Look it up. I mean, look up. Just look at the Instagram following of of. Ronaldo. Oh, should I look at that? I mean, right. it, I already know the answer, but like I can give you exactly. He's numbers. like number one, isn't he? Yes, but that's my point. Like Taylor Swift, no matter what he does, is never going to beat that. Taylor Swift is 273 million. Yeah, that's Follow zero people. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. Oh, this is tough for my argument. Ronaldo has 607 million Instagram followers? Yep. I follow and that's him, too. All, I didn't even know like, that. Like, think about... I don't Listen, even watch you have soccer. to factor this in. I'm. This is live on the show. This is bad podcasting, but I just unfollowed him, so that loses a follower for me. Jeez, so now it's closer. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer anymore. But if we're being honest, though, like fame is if, if you if we're talking knows their name, then yeah, Taylor Swift is 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 bigger than is big, right? I just think that uh, fame is as far as recognizability. Yeah, but I think that that the Taylor Swift. Uh, we're very off topic here. I think we've gone off what That's we're fine. talking about. But That's I, fine. I, That's I, the point I of having your own podcast. Yeah, discussion. Of yeah, I think many people have tuned out now, but let's get into a little stat of the week action. Yeah, go ahead. So while on the topic of the broadcast, um, all right, how many times do you think Taylor Swift, the camera cut to her in, in, in the box last night? Um, I watched the entire game, so I feel like I should have a good guess, but I don't. I'm going to go, what's 15 times 4? 60? I'm going to go a little under that. I'm going to say 56. That could be way off. You you are way off, but that's all right. So, yes, if we if we just preface this with saying she's in a suite with other celebrities, they they cut to her seventeen times on the evening. See, I don't think that's too many. I think you're. I think that's way too many. How many times do you think they but cut like, to Aaron Rodgers? Does it? Uh, I before you said that, giving the seventeen, I'll say fourteen. Eight. Really? I thought yes. they were showing him more than than Swift. I guess so, there's a lot of times where like yeah. like Pacheco scored, they show Taylor Swift, and they show Pacheco, and they show Swift, yeah. and they show the guy, and then they go back. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they go back and forth. I think they should be showing Aaron Rodgers, though. I don't think they should be showing Taylor Swift. I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you can sell 58 that. was a horrible guess. That'd be yeah. hilarious if they were showing well, you're once not, every single minute. Yeah, but you're not you're not watching for that either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was definitely hate watching from my house. Being like, <laughs> There she That's is again. Awesome. What's the it's point? an awesome way to watch the game. That's like the new TikTok trend that people are like, girlfriends, have you seen that? They're like, yep. how do you feel that Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the mat? Like a bunch of hardos start getting real mad. You know what's funny about that? Enjoying those videos. I think it's funny, and I think it's 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 uh, actually kind of true. Like, Kelsey's oh, yeah. getting a lot no, of fame. No, I totally agree. But the, f- the reason that men react that way in this case is because Taylor Swift fans are that crazy about some other things. Like they will die for. Him. Oh yeah, they're such. So for them to say that is not too crazy. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. not clear they're joking because they're Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. I think that's kind of the situation. Um, no, but, I you totally know. agree. I also think they they monitor every single piece of content that there is about Taylor Swift. Like we might get a couple Swifty fan pages like replying to our takes here. Should we post a clip and just like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, then we then people on TikTok will be asking like. They put the Swider show on the map. Taylor Swift put the Swider show on the map. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think we'll probably reach anyone we want because her her PR staff does a great job of, like, there's fan pages of fan pages of Taylor Swift. I think. So yeah. It could like be a TikTok thing. sound. I've For actually sure. thought of that as a, as a segment idea of just trying to say things that become a TikTok sound because I, I think that's how you. Or like you uh, break through. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. That's funny. But that'd um, be interesting. We should do that. Yeah, I think I think that was some good uh, NFL chat. NFL, yeah. Talking about Taylor Swift for 15 minutes, but Ugh. Adam, thank you very much for coming out of the bullpen for uh, of course filling in perfectly as my co-host today. Um, I don't even vote, view it as a co-host thing. I think it was just like a team effort. I think you were as as much the host as what as I was. I think so. it needed to be done, and and Cole's getting a nice break. And yep. I assure you, he's not skipping this. Like, he's locked in. So He was at the gym at yeah. 8 o'clock this morning. He's got a busy day. He's going to be locked in for a long time. But, like, this, 
if there was a time for him to take a little break, it would be now. So we're glad he's, yeah. he made that. He made that decision a week ago, you know. So I think right. that's smart, and I think that's and then we'll, shows uh, the mindset that he's in for sure. We'll hit the ground running next week. Cole will be back. Um, obviously, put our normal guest announcement up. Have you guys guess who it is? Probably see who. Oh, it might be Pat Riley. It might be Jimmy Butler. It might be Jimmy Beheim again. We'll see. So we'll see what um, happens. Make sure you have an eye out for that. Download the episode like we say every single week. Um, hopefully, Wes can join us. Can join Adam or me potentially later tonight. Kind of break down some heat hoops. Do a full NBA preview. But as far as I'm concerned, that's everything I had. Adam, you have any other uh, sign offs for the fans before you know you go? Maybe conduct your first interview. Yeah, just uh, we've we've had a little bit of a slow summer guest wise, and that's on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And we appreciate everyone sticking with us through, but. We've got a list of, of dates coming out, and, and there's some cool names down the list a little bit. Um, some annual traditions we'll be going with. Some, some seasons starting up, we'll want to hear from the people behind those teams. So don't you worry. We've got some great stuff coming up, and uh, it, it's going to be worth it waiting this long. Absolutely great plug, but we'll kick it over to Wes, and uh, I'll see you guys right, next week ahead. after I'm done global. All right. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We're here with Wes Goldberg. He is the host of the Locked on Heat podcast. Uh, Cole was on that podcast a couple weeks ago, so we thought, uh, as is Swider Show tradition, to get on uh, a reporter or someone that's down in Miami um, to try to talk and hear about how training camp is going. Wes, what's going on? Uh, a lot, I guess, right? We got some basketball about to get played here. Enough with the, the, the trade rumors and all the noise of the offseason. We get to actually watch some some hoop here, so really excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely excited. I'm actually out in L.A. right now. Um, our other co-host Patty's in New York, but he's actually in the air flying to Copenhagen right now. So a wild week of travel and just like rumors and everything going on, which happens every year, but that's how it goes. So we're excited. You actually got to be at training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you tell us about like what your days have been like the last couple of days and, and next couple of days going forward and hours and what you get to see. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the Heat are doing their their training camp in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, and so for people who don't know that, it's uh, about an hour or so north of where their arena is here in Miami. And so uh, it, it's kind of a cool little atmosphere because instead of just doing it at their, their practice facility where they know they, everybody's got their the players have their own rooms and their own corners and their routine and these things, they're doing this in a new environment. For them right at, at, at the at the arena in fau so they don't really know what's going on there we as reporters and media don't have any idea what's going on there and so it kind of creates a little bit more of a casual atmosphere where instead of like the media almost being sequestered in the corner after heat practice we're all just sort of walking around and talking with each other it's very similar to like uh it being in las vegas for summer league or something like that so after day one of training camp, that's sort of the experience. And I, I found that really interesting and a great way as, again, a reporter to gather some information and really talk to people. Um, but it, that that much has been really interesting. And uh, I thought Media Day was really interesting, too. This is a team that, you know, they come back uh, maybe expecting something a little bit different in terms of maybe uh, their involvement in the Damian Lillard trade and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's, it's a very similar group to the group uh, that – got to the finals last year with some some key differences that we'll probably yep. get to here in a little bit. But um, I also think that this is a team that's like kind of just ready to go. And and for the guys that were there last year, they want to build on that playoff run. 
uh, in that finals appearance. And for some of the new guys, I think they want to try to be a part of something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. We're definitely getting there where it's like you have the, the all the moves being made and now the rosters are starting to actually get set and you're starting to see, oh, well, this is what the Heat are going to look like, at least for the first couple months before the trade deadline hits. So my question to you is, um, you know, there's 12 guys, 13 guys that are you know are going to be on the team. And then there's a couple of those roster spots. Maybe they fill 15, maybe they fill 14. And then the three two ways. When do you see those decisions being made? Um, do you think they'll wait a couple of days, see some preseason, or do you think they'll immediately start to kind of cut down? It's a great question. I, I the the three two way contracts. I'm glad you brought that up because that's new, right? It used to be two two way contracts, and now teams are given three, and that's a really big deal for the Heat. Uh, my my guess is that we'll see them add somebody. Uh, they have to add a 14th player. I, they'll probably right. stay at 14 unless something ha- unless somebody surprising becomes available that's waived maybe by another team or something like that. Um, but they usually wait as long as they need to. I think it'll be por- towards like the end of the preseason before they make their final decisions on who the, the three two-way guys are going to be. Again, they probably will. I, I think they would want to fill that 14th roster spot sooner than ra- rather than later. It could be an outside free agent. It could be one of these two-way guys that they just elevate to the regular roster. Uh, Jamal Cain is somebody that's been sort of uh, open about wanting to maybe uh, go get promoted from the two-way that he was on last year because he's the only guy that is still on the two-way. Orlando Robinson was on a two-way. He got promoted to the regular roster. He's really he's his goal in training camp is to show them, hey, I should be part of the 15-man roster. But if not him, maybe they could go for some outside help. Um, But yeah, I think I think we'll see them make those decisions. Maybe towards the end, the final roster decisions towards the end of preseason. That's that's yeah. I mean, it's uh to say the least, it's a stressful two weeks for those guys. Us talking yes. to Cole, like, um, it's it's a respectable thing to do. But he took this week off to focus solely on basketball, and he's done that about, I think three times in like 50, 50 episodes. So you know it's gonna be you know it's 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 time to lock in. Um, and for the it's record, be I saw. I saw Cole, who was it? It was Cole, Nikola Jovic, and I want to say it was RJ Hampton, uh, shooting threes at the end of – so they, they do their regular practice, and that's cl- that, that portion is closed to the media. And then there's sort of like this open, hey, we're just kind of shooting around and getting our finishing touches on individual work portion at the end that we're allowed to – we come in, we kind of watch it a little bit, and then we conduct our interviews and, and do our conversations. But um, I saw those three. I think I posted a video on Twitter – of those guys shooting and Cole was doing like the, the spot up shots from the corner and then some of the movement shots over uh, above the break and things like that. And it, like, I, I don't, I, I literally did not see him miss one. Um, and wow. then actually the same for Nikola Jovic too. I was like, wow, this guy's three point shot looks a lot different than it did his rookie year. Uh, and then um, I'm not just saying this cause I'm on the pod. Well, I am, I am actually just saying this on the pod, but I'm not making it up. Um, he, Cole Swider was the last one on the court. And this is the Cold wow. Spider podcast, so I thought I would at least mention that. He was the last one on the court still it. getting his that, work in. So that's some uh, inside information. We'll, be, yeah. we'll definitely uh make that clear to everyone. I didn't I didn't tell him to say that. Wes actually said that's that. right. Um, but that's really awesome that you were down that you get to go to training camp and witness this stuff. For me, um I've seen Cole do workouts in both Vegas and Syracuse when he, we dropped in this summer. And after watching so much college basketball in person. There's the biggest gap that you could never like understand until you see these guys play in person. People will go out there and make 43 pointers in a row and it won't like no one will look twice. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. So I always thought I always think it's a good thing to mention like that. People don't realize the the skill gap that there is between the two. Uh, If it's cool with you, I want to go back to the offseason a little bit. And I guess it's basically done now, but it was up and going up until this weekend. So. Um, some crazy moves, but we saw this weird thing, especially with the Heat, where they almost got blacklisted from from getting these big guys that were going around um, towards the end there. Obviously, Damian Lillard, uh, all summer people thought he was going to Miami. He ended up going to Milwaukee. And then um, at least there were some reports that Drew Holiday might be on his way to Milwaukee. Um, I'm sorry, to Miami. And obviously that didn't happen. He went to Boston. So how did you... Um, did you ever think that there was going to be this blacklist versus um, where they would just go, Pat Riley would go get what whoever he wants? Or do you think that they can make do without them kind of and they have a secondary plan? Blacklist is an interesting word, and I hadn't heard that uh, term 
when, when we're talking about Damian Lillard yet, but um, I, I don't know that I would be, I, I don't know that I would go that far. I, I do think that the Damian Lillard stuff was very much driven by emotion. The fact that uh, the Blazers didn't even bother calling the Heat after they had gotten that offer from Milwaukee to say, hey, can you do better than this? Um, it, it's surprising, and it is a little bit out of character in terms of how GMs go about doing business uh, in the NBA. Uh, that leads me to believe that there was a level of emotion kind of in play in this, regardless of what you think about what it is that the Blazers ultimately got back. Maybe you thought they won the trade. Maybe you thought they lost the trade. That's not really the point that I'm trying to make. Um, in terms of the Drew Holiday thing, Boston gave up two first-round picks. I don't know that Miami was willing to give up two first-round picks because that would have been all of their first-round picks that they could trade right now. And so yep. um, as great of a player as Drew Holiday is, um, I don't know that they did that. I, I had heard that the Clippers gave were willing to give up one first round pick, and they were interested in Drew Holiday, but they weren't willing to go so far as Boston and and and, and give up those two first round picks. And the Blazers are obviously very they're looking for picks. That's what they want out of this stuff. So, um, I don't know. Uh, there's Brian Winhorst and Zach Lowe both reported that the Heat talked with the Blazers about Drew Holiday. They obviously did not talk since July about Damian Lillard, but that did not stop the Heat's front office from reaching out about Drew. Um, but but we don't know what that offer looked like. I'm not going to speculate what that offer looked like, but I would imagine that it probably didn't include the two first-round picks that Boston was willing right. to include. Uh, that's an educated yeah. guess, but that would be probably the reason why Drew Holiday is playing for the Celtics and not for the Miami Heat. But um, my big read on all of this is that the Heat want to upgrade that point guard spot, right? Like, you look at the, right. all the guys that they've been looking at, it's Damian Lillard, it's Drew Holiday. Like, they have a type of player that they've been chasing. You can even go back to Donovan Mitchell last summer. They have a type yep. of player that they've been chasing, um, and uh, they have yet to to go get that to to get that player. But they obviously think that that's a need um, and, and an area they'd like to upgrade on the roster. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I said blacklist was that I've seen the Heat for you know seven to ten years here just go get big names right. often. You know. But the other side of it is that the Heat have taken these guys that you've never heard of and made them stars. So that's Duncan Robinson, uh, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, all getting ridiculous amounts of money for being great at like a very specific skill set that then brings them to the finals or bring them to the Eastern Conference Championship. And uh, we've got a couple guys. I mean, Cole comes to mind, but there's some others even on this uh, on these E10s that could fill that spot. So um, do you think that there's room for that on this roster or on a two-way spot for like a very specific kind of player, right? And then also um, you've been at training camp. Who looks good right now? You, you don't have to be biased or anything. Say whatever yeah. you see or don't, you know, whatever you decide. No, for sure. Um, I, I So first of all, I think what the Heat are going through, you mentioned all the names, right? Like Max Drews, Gabe Vincent. They're not here anymore. They left. Uh, Duncan Robinson obviously is still on the roster. Um, but – the Heat right now are going through um, sort of a process of replenishing their farm system, in other words, to use the baseball terminology of this, right? People think that, like, Duncan Robinson came out of nowhere, or even, like, a Gabe Vincent just, like, overnight just, like, showed up on the roster and, and then was starting in the NBA Finals. Like, Gabe was with the team for three years, man. Like, that was, like – I know you know this, but it's, just like – Absolutely. It yeah. was, it was, like, it's a, it's a process, right? Like Duncan Robinson had been on the team for a couple of years before he burst on the scene. Uh, Max Drew, same thing. Like it, yep. it, Orlando Robinson, who I think is going to kind of be that next guy has been with the team now. Uh, well, it was been one year, but put in a lot of work. Right. And, and I think you're going to see some big things from him in terms of maybe getting some of those minutes behind Bam at center. So it's, but they don't really have those next guys in the pipeline. Right. Like there's not right. like there's no Gabe just like, oh, you've been here for three years. It's kind of your time. Like they don't really have that guy or those guys at this point. Um, and so they're kind of going through a little bit of a replenishment here. That's why somebody like Cole Swider, uh, Drew Peterson, uh, the, who went undrafted out of USC, like the Heat have a type. The Duncan Robinsons, the Max Drews is like the big white yep. three point shooters. Go get them. Like that's that, that's their type. So those guys make sense. Even something like uh, somebody like uh, Justin Champagny. Yep, we saw them do something uh, similar with Derek Jones Jr. a few years ago. Uh, long, super athletic, toolsy kind of rangy guy. Not really sure what he does well, but we know he's like an NBA athlete. And they yep. just went and grabbed him, and then next thing you knew, Derek Jones Jr. was like the head of the snake of their zone, right? And you're like, okay, I guess this is what he can do. And it was something we'd never seen from him at any level of basketball in Derek Jones Jr.'s entire career. 
who knows what the future holds for Justin, somebody like Justin Champagny, but the Heat have another type like that. They Something similar to Caleb Martin, NBA athlete, not really sure what he does well. We found it. We developed that three-point shot and things like that. So um, that's another guy I'm looking at. And then you look at a guy like Alondis Williams, 6'4", score-first kind of guard, scored I think like 20 points per game in the G League or something like that. I, um, on good percentages, decent summer league showings. Um, but he's a score first guard. And then you're like, the Heat are really going to get like a guy on a two way or an exhibit 10 on a, uh, like, what are you going to do with a score first guard? Like, that's not their role, right? The two way right. guys come in, they play, they, they, they're off over here on the side doing other things, right? These are the hustle players. But Gabe Vincent came in as a score first guard and the Heat transformed him into yep. essentially a three and D one where he had mm-hmm. come in as a scoring two. And so I wonder if they see something physically with Alondis Williams or mindset-wise with Alondis Williams that are like, okay, maybe we can kind of do this Gabe Vincent thing with him. But that would also be maybe unfortunate Alondis Williams is to compare him to Gabe Vincent. But I don't know. I, I, I It's just so interesting what it is that Miami sees out of these guys at this stage and what they project them to be. And I was talking with all of them. And I was like, what do you think they project you to be? And they're like, I don't really know. <laughs> They, yeah. The one thing that all of them do is like everybody, everybody's got to work on their three point shot, no matter what level, whether you're Cole Swider or whether you're Justin Champagny, right? Like everybody's yeah. working on their threes. Uh, and then it's, hey, we're going to teach you how to play NBA defense. We are going to mix yeah. in some zone because we're the Miami Heat and that's sort of our deal. Um, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to run you. Like we're going to, we're you're going to run a lot here. There's going to be a lot yep. of conditioning stuff. So we're going to get you in tip top shape here. And so, Whatever, and that's sort of the foundation, and then they build on that. So that's a very long uh, answer to your question. But um, I guess the answer really is I have no idea who's going to emerge, and that's sort of the point. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's a great testament to um, how, like, involved you are with the Heat, knowing all those names, knowing their skill sets, right? As someone who – I'm a Boston Celtics fan, but I've been following Cole since last year. That's that's a Lakers fan. I learned that whole ecosystem, and then it moves to Miami – so it's kind of tough to to know, you know, the 21 guys that are playing down in Boca Raton right now. Right. But at the same time, that's why we have you on. So uh, on that topic of different like cities and, and how these teams, there's like three or four teams in the East um, mm-hmm. that are above everyone else. You, you've got the Bucs and you've got the Celtics. And then I guess the Heat would be third, maybe with the Sixers. Um, how do you see the Heat? Like... It's a weird question because they did it last year. They they literally beat everyone last year in the East. How could they do that this year now that those teams are bolted right back up and have a new core? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have a great answer. Uh, Milwaukee and Boston are really good, and they're much better than they were last year. I love the moves that Boston make made. I love when a team just says, "Hey, we got our guys. You know, we we know what our core is. It's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in this case." Let's just go for it. And they did that with Christoph Porzingis, and then they doubled down on that with Drew Holiday. Um, Milwaukee obviously made the big Damian Lillard move. I don't. I, I think I would probably lean Milwaukee uh, over Boston at this point, just because I don't know how you stop Damian Giannis, and I have yet I, we have yet to see them. But I, I just I got to see a solution to that problem before I start putting anybody over them, at least in the Eastern Conference. But the thing with Boston and, and Milwaukee, and again, I, I, let me be clear, I think they're a very they're the, they're the top two tier in the East uh, by themselves. And, and I think it's pretty far apart from them and everybody else. But, you know, I think Boston has six NBA guys now that you trust, right? And yeah, Milwaukee's pretty shallow. And defensively, uh, you know, you obviously have some questions when you swap Drew, who's an all-NBA defender, for Damian Lillard, who, to be kind, is not. Um, and so um, – if Miami has an advantage over any of them, and again, we're stretching here, but if the Heat have an advantage over any of them, it would be depth. I think the Heat are deeper than they were last year, and I think they're deeper than Boston, and I think they're deeper than Milwaukee. Obviously, they're not as top-heavy as those teams because they don't have a top two like Dame and Giannis, and they don't have a top six like Boston does, right? Especially not a top yeah. three like Boston does, but you know, right. let alone a top six. But um, I do think that they probably go... I feel good about probably eight or nine of their guys. And then with the heat, you know, you never know. There could be two guys that just pop up out of nowhere and you're like, okay, like these guys are now playoff players too. Um, so they could be as, they could be as deep as like 11 or 12 deep by the time the, the playoffs roll around. And so um, 
you know, depth doesn't really matter in the playoffs. At the end of the day, you just need like six or seven guys. We saw that with the Denver Nuggets last year. They basically had six guys, seven guys, maybe six and a half, um, depending on what you feel about Jeff Green, who they really trusted uh, in the NBA Finals. But um, I guess that would be the advantage for Miami in the regular season is, hey, you know, we're riding the highs of last year's surprising NBA Finals run. We're really deep. We're really uh, amped up with the emergence of Nikola Jovic and Tyler Hero took a step. I'm just I'm doing hypotheticals now, but sure. like, hey, we're we're doing that run. We're really deep. A lot of guys who can eat up some innings for us. And instead of being the eighth seed in the playoffs, we actually surprised everybody, and we 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 got like a top three seed in the East, and now we're playing some series on our home court, and maybe they get lucky with how the bracket breaks. That's my path. I don't know. As you could tell probably by this, I'm not super optimistic about their chances of beating Milwaukee or Boston. Um, But then again, maybe the other part of the path is maybe the Heat aren't done, and maybe there's a move to be made that gets them to that level. Who knows? And and it goes without saying. Actually, Patty said yesterday, it goes without saying, like injuries can hurt things. And then again, we're also, you know, what are we, seven, eight months out from from April now. So um, anything can happen. Trade deadline always happens. Someone asks out, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, this has been fantastic um, to get your take on things since you're down there and you you have – you know, great insights on the and Miami and the Miami Heat. Uh, so my my final question here is, how did you get into doing the Lockdown Heat podcast? Uh, mm. Like, just you know, kind of pitch the show. How often do you guys release episodes? Um, because you're spe- we're not specifically Miami Heat, and I can tell just from talking to you that you have everything down. Like you you've got the whole ecosystem, you know, in your head. So I want to hear yeah. about your podcast. Uh, so Locked on Heat is a daily Miami Heat podcast. I think we're the only daily podcast um, that's creating content on the Heat. Um, and so uh, that's the whole deal. Like David Locke uh, is the radio play-by-play guy for the Utah Jazz. And he, I, th- I think he started like the first daily podcast on like a specific team or like one of them, like years, years, years back uh, with the Utah Jazz, obviously, and about the Utah Jazz. And it got really successful. Like Utah Jazz fans ate it up. They're like, great. Every day I get to listen to a podcast about my favorite thing. The Utah Jazz, that's, all, that's awesome. So he had the idea, like, well, why not to do that for every NBA team? And while I'm mad, I'm going to do it for every NFL team and every Major League Baseball team and college sports and all these things. So he reached out to me. This is 2016 now. Oh, wow. um, my co-host, uh, my, my co-host right now, David Ramil on Lockdown Heat, and I had a podcast back then. Um, we were just kind of doing it for fun and it, it, and it, you know, we picked up a following just sort of organically and he reached out to us just out of the blue and was like, Hey, do you want to do this? And we were doing like most podcasts, like, you know, twice a week ish. Um, and he was like, Hey, would you want to do this every day and be part of this network? Um, and so we talked about it and then did it and decided to do it. And, um, my first check from the lockdown podcast network, I think was like a dollar and 32 cents. Like there was like no advertising in place, like very That's little it plan. Yeah. It was very wild west. Like, I feel that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, but six years later, like they, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network is doing really well. Um, we we were acquired by Tegna, which is a regional TV station. And so we have all those affiliations and all these things too. So uh, it's a thriving business. It was ahead of its time in terms of a model and um, everybody seems to be really happy with it. Uh, and so that's basically how I got into it. And I've, I've been covering the NBA now for... Uh, almost 10 years. Wow. Actually, I had not really thought about that in quite a while. Almost 10 years. I used to cover the Golden State Warriors out in the in San Francisco Bay Area. Gotcha. Um, before that, I was blogging about the Miami Heat in the NBA, Covered, got the Warriors gig, did that for a couple of years for the, uh, Bay, the San Jose Mercury News slash Bay Area News Group out there as a traveling beat writer. And then pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, moved back home to Miami to do uh, to cover the Miami Heat. So that's, that's how we got that's here awesome. now. Wow. Well, if uh, if any Swider Show listeners out there are into daily Miami Heat fix, that you know, that's the only <laughs> spot to go apparently. So you, you gotta head on over to the Lockdown Podcast, uh, Lockdown Heat Podcast. Listen to Cole's episode, and then you know catch up on training camp from Boca Raton. You got we talked the, to Cole twice. Uh, we talked to him at media oh, did day you? too. So okay. uh, we had him on for cool. I don't know seven or eight minutes or so. I haven't um, even heard so that yeah. one. I'm, I'll listen after this. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I said, busy time. Uh, we're mm-hmm. trying to stay on top of things here. You know, Cole wasn't able to be on this week and we tried to, you know, get some insight and I'm so happy you were able to come on. Uh, I think we booked this like 24 hours ago. So it's been, it's <laughs> been great. I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, Adam. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show. Show at gmail.com and of course if you haven't already make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week cool swatter show with patty casey is presented by blue wire podcast and our executive producer is adam lewis swatter show is created by cole swatter patty casey and producer adam lewis all rights reserved thank you guys we'll see you next week